if you know the name of someone, you have power over him. So I start think, thinking of, about, about doing this kind of history, but story, sorry, but in science fiction world. And I start thinking about, well, and what about, you know, if one has no name, what will happen? You are listening to Geekdom in Powers. Welcome back. My name is Guy Hassan and this is Geekdom in Powers. In Geekdom in Powers, I try to always find artists, creators, fans on personal paths who have made some kind of choice in their lives and, and went all in with that thing that they love. And what we do is we follow personal journeys. We also follow, apparently, a path from guest to guest. In a past episode, like, you know, we don't have a lot of episodes in the past, but in a past episode, I interviewed editor and author Christina Jurado, uh, who led me to the publisher Coronauta. I got to Christina through the Apex Book of World Science Fiction and its, it's editor. But since then, and after I talked to her, many people I've talked to have said, well, she's the best Spanish author around in science fiction fantasy. So uh, we said we'll talk to her again, and I hope that'll happen. We'll talk about, about her writings as well, which we didn't really get to. Anyway, she led me to Cononauta, which uh, is a Spanish publisher, which publishes only female and non-binary uh, science fiction fantasy authors. And that episode led me to today's episode, which is Karyana Reuven, which is one of its authors. Now, there are many takeaways from this episode. And it is a fascinating episode by itself. But my main takeaway is that there is so much original and amazing and powerful fantasy and science fiction being published, not in English, under the radar that most of us will never even hear about it, not to mention read it. Geekdom in Powers is here to highlight things that don't get highlighted usually. And I think this is very important. And this is the main part of it. It's not the only thing, but this is what we highlight today. So let's get to that interview. I got your name from uh, Elena who, you know, we had an, an entire episode with her, and she mentioned your uh, book. Which also, you know, I, I asked, I was so impressed with the stuff they were doing uh, that I wanted to talk to a few authors and hear a bit of the story and what kind of stories you write. And you're one of the people she recommended. And she talked a little bit about your book, but I, I would like to, like in the beginning, can you tell us a little bit about where you come from? What your story, like, what, how did you get here? Oh, okay. So I started writing when I was a teenager, but then I stopped writing due to a blog for almost uh, 13 years or so. Mm. And then in uh, 2013, I restarted writing again, but I decided first of all, to self-publish because, you know, I was no one, nobody knew me. So here in Spain, it was very difficult to enter the published work, you know, to start publishing with uh, publishers and uh, these kinds of things, you know. So I start 
Can uh, I stop you there? How, how do you self-publish? Oh, I, yeah, I wrote my, I wrote three short oh. stories. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, just show them one by one. Like yeah. some people do. First of all, I wrote, sorry, uh, Broken Dreams. The translation into English is Broken Dreams. This was my first story Swell in story. 2015. It's a beautiful then, story. Yeah, I published this other one, uh, oh, Horizon 6. Yeah, in English it's Horizon 6. This was in uh, 2016. And then two years later, I self-published this one, Project Alpha, in 2018. And, well, I wrote all of them, and then I start, I learned to, uh, I, uh, I learned to um, edit, to edit the stories by myself with uh, programs on internet, you know. And then, well, I uh, pay for some artists to do the, the covers of the books. And, well, I had the help with this, uh, with a team of self-published authors here in Spain. Okay. It's a group of authors that start self-publishing, all of them, and it's called and no es un hobby in English is this is not a hobby and all of us start self-publishing and we uh, make a bunch together to go to events throughout Spain and to sell all our work together so oh, because, hold on, hold on, wait so that, first of all I've never heard of something like that so that is really yeah. interesting how did you find them like, did they start doing oh. that before you came along, or? How did yeah, that... they found me. They found me because I, I used to go to uh, conventions, book and comic conventions, and then there I knew some authors. Of uh, they were not yet no es un hobby, but they were founding no es un hobby, and they uh, asked me if I wanted to join them. But uh, in the beginning, I was not sure if I wanted to self-publish or not. And then when I finally decided to self-publish, I contacted with them and I entered the group. So it was One more like question a, about that. Wait, what, yeah. slowly, because, uh, you know, it's, this is a podcast about how independent people or people who, yeah. who are usually not highlighted get their story. So I really want to, to go through this. I remember, like, you're much younger than me. I remember back when um, when I started publishing in the late 90s and beginning of 2000, um, there was starting to be, like, little uh, e-zines. You know, you could publish stories on magazines on the web, and there was something new called e-books. You could have digital books and read them on the computer. And... One of the main things that kept writers from doing that is the ego and the, you know, you feel, well, I'm an author, I should be published, you're more respectable if you're published by a big publisher. And if you publish yourself, no one chose you, you don't know, you know, of course, it doesn't actually go to your quality, your story is your story, no matter who chooses it. Yeah. Uh, but how did, did you have that kind of dilemma? Did you? 
Yeah, uh, this is uh, the same issue that happens here in Spain. Uh, they used to say that if you self-publish, you don't have quality enough. You are published. We are you are self-publishing because uh, they are, you you are uh, not good enough to publish through an editorial or something like that. So uh, this group of uh, people in here in Spain um, was uh, founded in order to disregard all these prejudices, you know, to self-publish quality uh, works, quality comics, quality novels. And uh, in order to enter this group, you have to pass a check, okay? The, we all uh, look through the work the author is uh, going to publish and we check the work thoroughly and decide if it's good enough to enter the group. And so you are chosen by the group. So it's not like you completely do it yourself. Someone does say, yes, she's good enough. Yeah, you are good enough to enter our group and then you self-publish by yourself. But in order to sell your, your books and your comics, we work together. It's like a cooperative thing, mm -hmm. thing you know. Because here in Spain, there are a lot of lots and lots and lots of uh, conventions, many of them in comic, in comic world, but uh, you can't go alone. If you are too small and too unknown, it's very expensive to go alone. So you can't go by yourself. So this group was founded in order to go all together to pay the, the stamp all together and to sell the books all together in order to be able to assist to these conventions. And additionally, uh, it allows us to sell all over the Spain without going there by yourself. You know, I'm from Barcelona and my, my colleagues from No es un Hobby uh, have sold my books in Granada, in Galicia, in Madrid, all over Spain, in Bilbao. And I didn't go by myself there. So it's uh, the other issue with uh, self-publishing is that you don't have a uh, good distribution to go to the public. And with this kind of collaboration, we, uh, we um, I don't know how to say it in English, we um, elude the problem. We overpass the problem and we finally could go all over the Spain without going presentially to there, presentially there, sorry. And uh, we could sell our works all over Spain without a distribution company. So it so it didn't go to the bookstores. He sold it in, in, in conventions. Yeah, only in conventions. Sometimes in some bookstores, yes, mm -hmm. but only if they want uh, to sell self-published stories. But mainly in in conventions. Yeah, that's really interesting. Can you, before we go on, can you tell us me, can you tell me what uh, what the books were about? Like of course. Which ones of the book that you showed? Yeah, okay. This one, Broken Dreams, is a very dark and uncomfortable story about a boy that has real dreams. Everything that happens in his dreams are, is real. So if, it, if he gets injury, injured in the dream, he wakes up with the injury. And he has a, some like a parallel life in the dream work, mm. world. So 
it's uh, this kind of, there are more people like him and uh, some governments are experimenting with them to know what's about it. And it's a very comfortable story about uh, human experimentation and science and dreams and nightmares and so on. Then the next one is Horizon 6, this one here. This is a space opera, science fiction. Um, these are four stories, four short stories that are all of them about um, the first colonial ship arriving to another planet from Earth. And there is a story for about the first contact with an aliens, special aliens, you know, and the, um, the spaceship arriving to the new planet, uh, about artificial intelligence, and so on. It's like a space opera. Cool. Then the third one is Project Alpha. And this is a story about a genetist and her clone that um, uh, find themselves uh, abandoned in a desert planet. And they need to collaborate in order to survive. They start working uh, from the hatred side and they finish working through the collaboration and friendship and respect and that's all. Nice. It sounds like you started, like I haven't read the books, but the ideas themselves, it sounded like you started with a lot of energy and uh, oomph, yeah. yes. Okay, so what happened next? Well, next, uh, well, with all these uh, books, I uh, I found a fan base, a fan base uh, that liked my work and so on. And um, one uh, editorial uh, found me interesting, and they asked me to send them a manuscript, and I start sending them one of my next uh, works. This was Io Vitae. Yes. Io Vitae means uh, Intelligentia Organica Vitae. It's about, uh, it's this, this is not self-published. This, 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 was, this was published with Editorial Ferbero. Okay. One small uh, publisher here in Spain. And this is about where the humanity has been, um, not destroyed, extinguished due to the climate change mm -hmm. and the artificial intelligence have evolved by themselves. They are the only survivors in the earth. And after some millennia alone, they decided to clone and to recreate the humanity again, but under their own conditions. And this and the story about collaboration and about uh, being alone, about um, the respect for another and about uh, the knowledge of yourself and uh, of the other, the, the relation. Well, I like to write, to write about the relationship between people and uh, these kinds of stories. And this was my next one. Wait, wait, wait. wait. I, my, my spider sense jumped. Acceptance of the other. Can you, uh, what do you mean in this story? acceptance of the other. Yeah, uh, you know, when you find 
another person or that it's very different of you, you start maybe from a point of fear of the other. Mm. And this kind of fear can lead you to hatred to the other. And, but maybe if you deconstruct yourself, if you analyze yourself, your fear and your hatred, maybe you can find that it's not motivated. It's not, doesn't have any base, any real base. And maybe if you start thinking about it, maybe you can start working with that other person, uh, find the common points to um, common points to to negotiate, or maybe to know the other, and maybe uh, abandon all your all your fears on all your hatred and find our respect, uh, common bridges for doing things and so on. And I like very much working in, in this area when I write. And can I guess it's a motif that comes back in your stories? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then also with Editorial Cerbero, I published this one. This is, this is from the last year. The... Um, uh, title is Ruha Alma, Ruha and Alma. And, and Alma is upside down. Okay. Yeah, the, the other one is upside down. Yes, this one. This is because I'm, this is a story of a parallel world. Mm. Yeah, one, the reflection of the other. Uh, Ruha means uh, soul in Hindi, and Alma means soul in Spanish. There are two so words. Soul in, in which language? In Hindi. Ruja is in Hindi and Alma is in Spanish. Okay. And this is a story about, over again, about collaboration, about the knowledge of the other, about the respect, the, these kinds of things. Uh, this is the, in one world, the climate change and the wars have almost eradicated humanity. And they, but they have found some way to survive. And the way to survive is to go to another dimension, download their minds in the other them, in the other dimension, mm -hmm. and uh, kill the hostage. Okay. Like, like, like an invasion. Yeah. From the other reality. And this is the story of Arundhati. Arundhati is the name of the Indian girl, one of the main characters of the book. Ah, okay, okay. Arundhati. And she downloads herself in the mind of the of her other self in the other world. But uh, once there, she decided that maybe she doesn't want to kill her other self, and maybe she wants to be her friend. And this is the story about friendship and trying to save the world through collaboration and and not killing the other. Can I ask you? Like you don't have to. Can I like? Can yeah. you translate the first sentence? Uh, of course. There was not possible to travel in time. Okay. Because the story starts that you can't travel in time, you can't go back to correct what was wrong with all the things we have done, but maybe you can go to another universe and make things go better. Yeah, I've, I've because I'm a writer, I have a really, I have a special spider sense. I, I usually decide 
what a book has just by the first few sentences. Yeah. And it sounds to me, just by the first sentence, even though it's like just a fact, it sounds like a really emotional story. And I would yeah. buy it. I would I buy it. Okay. <laughs> I, I was really intrigued because I can't read. Okay. You were going through the books. You told us what yeah. each of the books was about. Yeah, and that's the, the, the last one I published okay. last year. Yeah. And then, and now this year, I'm going to publish the one... Elena mentioned you in Nombrable in November of this year. Yes. And she told us like that it is a story in which the person telling the story changes. So it's not clear. It's like, the way I understood it is that not only you jump from person to person when telling the story, but also that the identity of the person, of the teller yeah. changes itself, right? Yes. Like something yes. about identity itself changes. Yeah, it's a uh, um, well. This story um, came to my mind when I was collaborating with Cristina Jurado in um, Supersonic Magazine. She asked me for a short story in honor of uh, Ursula K. Le Guin, and I start thinking about the names. You know, like in Terra Mar. The, all the stories of Terramar of Ursula K. Le Guin. And then if you know the name of someone, you have power over him. So I start think, thinking of, about, about doing this kind of history, but story, sorry, but in science fiction world. And I start thinking about, well, and what about, you know, if one has no name, what will happen? And if the name is everything you are, like your genetic code, uh, your relationship with others, your personality, your appearance. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have a name, you do, will not have a, a static DNA. So you will be changing all over, mutating constantly, changing your physical appearance, your sexuality, your gender, your personality. And who you are. Yeah. So I, I decided to write this kind of strange story about a spy in a cold war in a galaxy in science fiction. It's very interesting. She says it's a story that you can't, you can't put down. You have to read it until the end and you can't stop reading it. I hope so. It's very good. Um, can I ask who, like, who are the writers that uh, give you inspiration today or that gave you inspiration then when you started? For this story, for Innombrable or for... Just, no, in, just in general, like who are the writers you connect to? Well, I don't know. I Maybe just, just an example, okay? For this one, for Ruha, I was seeing a horrible, really horrible film in television, horrible, completely horrible film in television mm -hmm. about a time travel that um, happened with uh, someone downloading his mind in the body of another person, but in time travel, okay? And, they, and I asked myself during this film, oh, they are killing the other person, they, do, they, they download it too. They are killing people, really killing people. So 
I decided, oh, this, well, that's a good idea. You are killing people. That's horrible. And I start thinking about, hey, what will happen if you can't do like an invasion with this from another dimension or something like that? And that was all. Then Iobitae, uh, I don't remember how I came with this story, but with uh, Broken Dreams, with Broken Dreams was like, uh, do you have here this um, urban legends about uh, everything that happens in your dreams is true and is real? Like uh, Nightmare in Helm Street and these kinds of terror stories. And that was the way I came to my mind. And it can be almost everything. Watching TV and reading some book, uh, working from the uh, in the street and seeing something, hearing something. I don't know. It's, it can I'll be everything. I'll tell you why I asked the question because it sounds to me like you started with something really powerful. Yeah. You know, I can't read it. I can't. But it sounds that it was really powerful and really good. And okay. And, and it also sounds like you are unique and you're not similar to, to, to other authors. So what I actually wanted to ask was, do you think you are similar, like close or something like, like, um, uh, like, like who do you think you are close to? And that doesn't mean that you write the same way, but if, if at all, like, a few episodes ago, we had an author from Zimbabwe who thinks Tolstoy is, no, he doesn't think that, but you know, but he feels that Tolstoy wrote for Zimbabwe. You know, Tolstoy didn't write, he, you know, he knows that. But, um, but, but that is his greatest influence. So I was wondering if you have something like that because you sound very unique. So I was wondering, who do you think is unique like you? <laughs> yeah, well, I admire very, very much. I don't know if you know a Canadian, Canadian author, Robert J. Sawyer. No. Robert J. Sawyer is a Canadian science fiction writer. And he has the maddest ideas I have ever heard about. He has a wonderful mind. He has very, very random ideas and uh, he has always fascinated me. Okay, she, he has wrote, for example, um, a novel uh, named uh, Calculating God, that it's about what will happen if uh, you could demonstrate the existence of God scientifically. It's not a matter of faith, but it's a matter of science now. Now you, you don't believe in God with faith. You can believe in God because it's mathematically demonstrated that God exists. Mm -hmm. So he, he has these kinds of ideas and he has always fascinated me as, as author. And uh, I learned from him that there is not a bad idea. You can have very strange ideas and you just have to ask yourself, what if? What do I need to develop this idea into a novel? 
what do I need to this for this to work in a invented world, you know? And everything I have on these random ideas, I, I ask myself, what do I need for this to work? And then I start writing. I start thinking about the idea, developing it, the characters, the, the world building and this, and then I write. Does he write in, in English or in Spanish? In Spanish. In Spanish? Yeah. Okay. I will look for him. Um, so now it's, how many years have you been doing this? Oh, since uh, 2013, uh, almost nine years now. What I wanted to ask was you probably, you know, we can't live off these things. I remember that Spain has a really small audience and yeah. Spanish authors have a smaller audience because, you know, they don't have the name for me. And so how do you deal with the fact of having a real job and this thing at the same time? Uh, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Um, I... I'm lucky because my work is uh, eight, eight hours work a day only. I can uh, work from home now due to the pandemic, but even if I would not work from home before the pandemic, uh, my workplace is near my home now. I, it's only half an hour uh, commuting. So I can spend all the afternoon after finishing my work writing. So I finished, well, I arrived home maybe between 5.30 or so when I work um, in the company, presentially. And then I have until the dinner time, time to write. And I spent all my afternoons when I'm writing, when I'm working on a new work. I spent all the afternoons on almost all the afternoons writing. And then in the weekends, I write maybe four, six hours a day. Wow, that's a lot. When, I, when, when I'm not uh, going with my friends and with my partner and so, with my husband, I, I spend a lot of time writing. It's hard because it's like mm -hmm. uh, having uh, another job, but I like it very much. Yes, good. Um, so, so, you know, it's, it's the, everyone goes through this, and I think you you do find more time to write than most people do. But I think most writers can't sit for four hours straight and write. Um, so, is there anything else you want to tell people? Well, maybe that, as I have uh, said before, there is not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. If you have an idea, push it, <laughs> work on it and write whatever you want. Maybe it's, you, you are not going to, going to have a very um, large fan base, but there, is, there are people that are going to like your work. Uh, surprisingly, there is people like, that like my work, you know, my words, science fiction, and they like it. They buy my books. They expect me to publish, or they ask me, when are you going to publish your next, your next book? And it's very, very, very good. And I'm very, very happy with it. And another, maybe another thing I would like to say is that uh, it can be hard 
but um, and you don't have to write every day. You don't have to write every day to publish. You don't have to write every day to find a book, to finish a book. You only have to write. If one day you can write only 200 words, it's okay. Maybe there is another day where you write 3,000. And it's okay also. And maybe there will be months and months and months when you can't write at all. And that's also good. So don't be afraid about the block. Uh, you have a block. Don't be afraid about writing too little or too much. Just uh, find your rhythm and your opportunities and the point where, where you are happy with your work and with your performance and that's all. An amazing thing to finish with. Thank you very much. Thanks to uh, you. Can I show you, I don't know if I can share yeah. with you, but I would like to share the, the, um, the cover for Innombrable. I have uh, spoke with Elena and so, and they have authorized me to, to show you the, the cover. And okay. So in open the cover. Uh, it's a mock-up. It's not a real book. It's a mock-up that has been done by the illustrator. Uh, their name is Rand. And, he, and uh, they is one of my favorite uh, cover artists of the world. Wait, hold on. Wow, you got one of your favorite. Uh, oh. Yeah, uh, they, they is uh, a friend of mine and they has uh, done both these covers. Those are beautiful covers. Yeah, and this one is the, the last one they have been working on. Oh, in, um, in, wow, wow, that is, that is yeah. nice. It shows both sides. It so shows a person, or actually maybe three persons on each side. Four, four person. Four? Because, uh, oh, right. I couldn't see the last one. That's right. Yeah, because innombrable changes from identity, from one identity to another, through another, so the cover is absolutely perfect. And it's a mirror thing of the other one. So yeah. you actually have four to one side and four to the other side. That is really cool. <laughs> Very nice. How did you get how did you get them to is it um, what's the name of the person who did it? Uh, uh, I will. This is the name. Rand. Yeah. And how did you get Rand to do it? Like well, how did you ask them? Well, uh, they is a friend of mine. I knew they six, six years ago, maybe. And uh, one day uh, when, I, when we were uh, taking some tea in a coffee shop, they uh, sent me this one. Hey, look, I have, done, I have done a cover for you. And I was, what? I didn't ask, even ask for it. But uh, they did the cover and since then where every time I, I, I can, I ask for their covers because it's a magnificent also. Yes, absolutely. That's gorgeous. Great. Thank you for sharing that with me. <laughs> Thanks and to you. Thank you for this wonderful conversation and the interview and, uh, and for sharing everything. 
Thanks to you. Thanks for inviting me here and for giving me this opportunity to talk about my work and my trajectory and so. Thank you so much to Kariana Ruven. I told you there is so much original and amazing, powerful science fiction, fantasy, horror, and, you know, the genre stuff being published today, not in English, under the radar, and most of us will never even hear about it. What are we going to do about that? If you want to follow her on Twitter and Instagram, she's at Kariana Reuven, C-A-R-Y-A-N-N-A, that's Kariana, Kariana Reuven, R-E-U-V-E-N. Her website is too long for me to say here and complicated. Uh, it is in the show notes. If you go to her Twitter or Instagram, you will find a link to her uh, website. You can find all her books there. Remember, some of it is uh, self-published. Next time, because there's always a next time, and I like to tease the next time, we talk to our first cosplayer. So stick around for that. Geekdom Empowers releases three episodes a week on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. But we are taking uh, a two-episode vacation because the family and I are taking uh, summer vacation kind of uh, holiday thing. So I will see you in one week on Monday. If you want to contact me about this episode or any episode... If you want to suggest uh, more guests, write to me at guy.hasson at geekdomimpowers.com. That's G-U-Y dot H-A-S-O-N-S inert at geekdomimpowers.com. On Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, we are at geekdomimpowers, where you get to see uh, small video excerpts of the interviews uh, which you hear now. So I would check that out. Uh, follow us there because that can bring in more people, more of your friends to listen to this, to bring more awareness. Uh, and subscribe. So, I will see you in the next episode. And for now, have an empowered day.